Shalom from here in the Holy Land. Welcome to Conversations with Yael podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each month, I will invite leading thought leaders, pastors, rabbis, and other influential guests to discuss the importance of Israel in the world today. For those familiar with my weekly podcast, Nourish Your Biblical Roots, which explores the Jewish roots of the Christian faith, this podcast takes that understanding and translates it into ongoing support for Israel among Christians and the critical need to nurture that support with the next generation of Christians. Join me now as we begin this important dialogue. For those who follow college basketball, my guest today needs no introduction. During his eight seasons at Auburn University, Coach Bruce Pearl has led the Tigers to 154 wins, three Southeastern Conference championships, consecutive NCAA tournament berths, and the program's first ever appearance in the Final Four. During his 26-year career, Coach Pearl has guided his team to the NCAA tournament 20 times, 21 if not for the cancellation of the 2020 postseason. His teams have won 18 championships, and he has garnered seven National Coach of the Year awards. While his success on the basketball court is very well documented, what might not be as well known is his absolute dedication and love for Israel and her people. Coming from a humble Jewish background in Boston, Coach Pearl has made it his mission to spread the good word and love for the Holy Land to others. He has spoken on behalf of the state of Israel before such high-powered groups as APAC, the American Israel Public Affairs Committee, the Republican Jewish Alliance, the Christian Coalition, and the United States Israel Education Association. On the Auburn campus, Coach Pearl is very much involved in the student Jewish group, hosting the annual Hanukkah party for Jewish students through Hillel, as well as hosting regular breakfast to help Jewish students keep their faith active. In the summer of 2008, Coach Pearl realized a lifelong dream when his country called upon him to serve as the head coach of Maccabi's USA's Open Men's Basketball Team at the 18th World Maccabiah Games in Israel. He led the American squad to a gold medal for the third time in 24 years, defeated the favored Israeli team for the title. And just this past summer, Coach Pearl brought his entire basketball team to visit the Holy Land for a special tour. Coach Pearl, welcome, welcome. It is an honor and and, and a blessing, and I'm so excited about about meeting you, and I, I, I've seen your face, I've heard you, I've read you, and I got to tell you, that was about the best introduction I think I've ever gotten in my entire career, <laughs> especially coming from you. So God bless you and for all that you guys are doing. Well, you know, I I had to actually cut it short. So I think that says more about you than it does about me. And I've been following everything that you've been doing and all the ways that you've been inspiring so many people, actually without the politics, which is something that is so unique these days that I haven't seen anyone that doesn't like Coach Pearl. Everyone's just inspired by you and strengthened by you. And Coach Pearl, you have an amazing, incredible resume. So I am so honored to have you on the podcast today. You know, it, 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 it is, you know, they say don't talk about religion and politics, and it's all I find myself, you know, talking about. But, you know, when... You know, for me as a coach and a teacher, 
I'm always about bringing people together and trying to find mm -hmm. common ground. Amen. And the Bible is, for me, the greatest connector. And yet, historically, uh, people have looked at it in such a way where it, it's divided us. And for me, that just is, is, is so frustrating. Um, but it's the one thing we have in common. Our, we have the same Father God, and we're all of his children. And uh, if we could act accordingly, uh, we would have a better world. Yes, yes, yes. You're uh, reading the Bible in the right way, I think. When people come out of reading God's word with more love for one another, instead of more um, hatred and more differentiating between people and between different uh, religions or nationalities or whatever it is, when you read the scriptures and you read God's word, if you can come out of it and say, I have more love for God's creation within all of the diversity and different opinions and different religions and that we could all stand united, that we should love God, love one another, follow the Ten Commandments, not to kill, not to steal. I think you're you're reading it with such holy eyes, which is why you're able then to touch on those really sensitive topics of religion and Israel and God. And you're able to do that because you're coming from uh, the perspective that all of those sometimes controversial topics, they actually are here to unite us. And so that's what you bring to everyone that listens to you. You know, yeah, it was growing up, I was born in 1960 in Boston. So 15 years after the gates opened and we saw that 6 million of our brothers and sisters were murdered because of how they prayed. Uh, yeah. It was fresh for me. We all have a Holocaust story about losing, you know, family and, and, uh, and, 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 and so I get that. Um, yeah. But growing up in Boston was very difficult because, um, um, you know, I went to Temple. I, I grew up conservative. Um, and most of my Catholic friends basically told me that my people killed their God, killed Jesus. Wow. And that was really, really hard to, to be able to defend in many ways. It was, it's always like almost indefensible. And then as I matured in my faith and began to read the Bible myself, and I'm sitting there going, wait a second, this, this Jesus guy, your God, he was Jewish. Like, wait a second, his parents were Jewish. He was a rabbi. He was a teacher. He celebrated Passover and the, and the festivals every year. My brothers, that, that, that we, we, I mean, you know, we, we name, may not be Meshbucha, but we, we're, we're, we're related somehow, right? And in, in some way. And I really mean that. That's just not. I'm not playing that. I, I I look at my friends and go, man, your God was Jewish, and 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 you believe he's the Messiah, and I'm waiting for the Messiah to come. We're in this together, and um, but unfortunately, that's not the way that's not the way the world sees it, um, and and uh, it's sad. A hundred percent. Something that's so inspiring to me as a Jewish woman living in Israel and always speaking to and, and uh, having fellowship with my Christian friends is how we have so much to teach each other. So often my Christian friends say, teach me about these biblical feasts, something that the Christian world has in so many ways lost. And now they're hungry for it. Because if you believe that God's word is forever, then in the scripture, when it says the feasts and the uh, feast of tabernacles, tabernacles and 
the Christian community wants to understand how did Jesus celebrate this? How did Jesus celebrate Passover? And that's where we have this amazing opportunity now that once you break down those walls of mistrust and animosity and hatred, suddenly you realize we have so much to learn from one another. We have so much that brings us together. We have so much in common. Yep. No, there's no question. I mean, uh, like we invite Christians to our home for Passover because Jesus celebrated the Passover every year of his life. And and for folks that want to be more like Jesus, you know, Sukkot and, and, and again, the other festivals, you know, are, uh, are things that actually are commanded in the Bible to be celebrated. And, uh, you know, so, yes, I, I agree. And uh, I think, it, you know, I do. I think it's a, it's a great thing. And I, and I think, of course, that's what your ministry is doing. And so that's why I'm so, you know, delighted, you know, to be able to to talk about it. And um, so, again, thank you for having me. Uh, we love you, Coach Pearl. So when I listen to you talk, it sounds like you had a very interesting childhood growing up in Boston and um, being a, a, a young Jewish boy surrounded by so many people who weren't necessarily of the same faith. And I'm wondering who were people who influenced you, both as far as sports and also faith along the way? Yeah, well, my, my, my grandparents, my, fa my father's parents, uh, you know, immigrated from Turnipole and from Warsaw. And uh, they, they were able to get out in time. Um, my grandfather came over when he was 14 years old in 1932. And uh, with his younger, uh, two younger sisters and a, and a, and a younger brother. Um, but the parents couldn't afford everybody. So they stayed and, and uh, Papa lost a lot of family that wasn't able to get here. Uh, get get to the United States. Uh, Papa was Orthodox. Um, it says, but I say, buddy was a plumber. He was a tradesman. Um, wow. You know, when, when I went to shul with him and we wrapped to fill in after I was bar mitzvahed, you know, Papa would go in his work clothes early in the morning, and most of the guys that were there were obviously in suits and ties and getting ready to go to work their way. But right. Papa was always welcomed, uh, mm. not as educated, not as wealthy, um, but still. Um, able to put on the prayer shawl, wrap to fill in, and I felt very, very much a part of the community. And I was so glad that my papa uh, was accepted, uh, you know, in that community. And yeah, one one day in 1967, I was seven years old, and um, my papa was watching TV after supper. He never watched television. He never stayed up much past supper, and he rarely. And I never saw him cry. He's sitting in front of the TV and he's crying. And I walked over to him. I said, Papa, why are you crying? He put me up on his knee. We watched the TV together, a little black and white. And he told me about Israel. And he told me that uh, this was obviously during the Six-Day War yeah. in 1967. He said, I can't go to sleep because I'm afraid that when I wake up, Israel won't be there. And, uh, and he told me how important Israel was to him. And basically that had Israel been the state of Israel in 1932 rather than 1948, his whole family probably would have been able to immigrate to the Holy Land because uh, it was closer, it would have been less expensive, and maybe some of his family would still be alive. That's how important Israel's existence was to our family. And that was it. That was it how, for me. How old were you then? I was seven. I was seven years seven. old. And it sounds like you remember it like it was yesterday. I, I wish... 
I wish all of my Jewish brothers and sisters, I wish my children, and I wish my children's children had an opportunity to be on my papa's knee. I feel his passion and his love for Israel. And I will tell you something else. There might be only one th place in the world he loved more than Israel, and that was these United States. Yes. That when he was made a citizen, when he was 32 years old, I still have his citizen papers. It was the greatest day of his life that he could come to this country and build a family. And I think Papa always felt, as do I, some of the guilt. I'm the basketball coach at Auburn. How blessed and how lucky I am. And how, you know, how, how, what do I do? What, what did Papa do to deserve to be saved? Mm. What did I do to deserve to be saved? So therefore, you know, that's why I'm so grateful that you guys are doing the work to, you know, to try to help others that, that aren't as fortunate as we are. Wow. Wow. There is so much there to unpack. And I think uh, that basic principle of appreciation, as we say in Hebrew, hakarat hatov, recognizing how blessed we are. I think that's the secret to living a faithful life. And when you're able to love others, when you look at yourself as a victim, as it sounds like your pop-up was so easily able to do, but he never looked himself as a victim. He looked himself as blessed of having the blessing to be in America, the blessing to have citizenship, the blessing to know that in his lifetime, he was seeing the establishment of a Jewish state and in the six day war, realizing how in one second, everything could be taken away, which I think in a way, the opposite of that is living every second, realizing how blessed we are to have what we have. No question. And, and, uh, and yet we all know, yeah, the realities of anti-Semitism, anti-Zionism, anti-Israel existing in the world today. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think anybody can completely understand it. Um, and, um, and, and, and I won't even begin to try to explain it other than recognizing it. Um, but what I'm concerned about is, is this, I'm concerned that, um, unfortunately, what happened in Europe, it happened in our lifetime. Um, it did not happen in a third world country. It happened in a highly educated, sophisticated, culturally deep, historically proud area of the world. And uh, people say it could never happen again. And, and, and I look at them and I go, um, I'm, I, 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 I don't agree that, that you don't think it could happen again. And if we don't see the signs of some things around the world that are brewing right now in the way of, you know, anti-Semitism has turned into anti-Israel and it's particularly growing amongst our young people. And, 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 and there's a lot of reasons for that, including academia, uh, the social media, uh, the political situation. Um, I, I, I am so blessed and proud of the fact that I have two a conservative right-leaning sons, and I have two liberal left-leaning daughters, and so we are a very politically diverse family, but I am concerned about the progressive left um, because, as, because look, I don't know what the percentage of Jews are, 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 are more democratic and left-leaning for all the right reasons, but there's a large part of, 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 of that group especially the young people, 
that are that are not loving Israel, that are believing the the lies of it being an apartheid state and it being you know civil rights and social injustice, instead of really seeing the realities that are that are existing on the ground, and the realities are simply are simply this: Jews and Arabs, Christians, Muslims have lived in God's land as neighbors forever. And sometimes when you're neighbors, you know, you don't always get along, but you but you manage to, you know, get it get it figured out. And um, my goal is for Israel to become one of the greatest places in the world for Christians, Muslims, and Jews to live in. And and I think in so many ways it is, but that's not the way the world sees it. You are touching on so many things. I'm going to have to invite you back for another podcast to address. <laughs> yes, it's many people don't know that 20% of Israel's population are non-Jews, mostly Arabs, Muslims, Bedouins, Christians, and afforded the same uh, health care, free health care, ability to vote, free education, etc. than everyone Jewish. And, and that when the uh, polls have been done, if the Israeli Arabs would want to move to another Arab state, and leave Israel, over 90% of them said, no, they'd want to stay. But that's that's a, a political end that we're going to have to get back to, maybe closer to the political season. For now, I want to know, Bruce Pearl, the famous, the world-renowned, the respected, the loved coach, Bruce Pearl, tell me about your first trip to Israel. <laughs> well... My first trip to Israel was slightly delayed. Um, my, my plan was to graduate from college and go to Israel. Um, you know, the kibbutzes were no longer as big or as popular. Um, maybe join the army, serve for a couple of years. That was kind of my, my, my thought. And then life got in the way. I got an incredible opportunity to be a basketball coach at age 21. I was a senior at, at Boston College. And um, my head coach was taking the job out at Stanford and he asked me to go with him. I hadn't even graduated yet. And so I was faced with that decision and I, and I, and I did, I took advantage of the opportunity. And then as a result, I, I, I did, wasn't, I didn't go. And then because I was working uh, immediately, I never did jump on the birth, birthright because I was in college from 18 to 21 and I was working when I was 21. Right. In 2009, I got the opportunity to coach the United States of America's uh, Maccabi uh, it was the 18th Maccabiah, um, and I and I took 13 Jewish boys and brought home 13 Jewish men and a gold medal. Woo! Uh, we, I'm clapping here in my office <laughs> for you for you and for them. We we were able to beat Israel in the gold medal game. Thank God Israel does not lose at home very often. I don't <laughs> want to ever see Israel lose at home. Uh, we wound up beating them in overtime. And it was at that time that I knew, you know what? It was one thing to coach in the Maccabi and take a group, group of Jewish kids over there. I'm going to take my college team over there someday. And obviously that's what we did this past year. Wow. So what are, so you have really dedicated your life, obviously, to strengthening America, to strengthening American basketball, to integrating faith and values and real mentorship and leadership to this very often just uh, harsh game of basketball, um, which is why you are so loved and respected, not just by those who don't know you, sometimes that's easiest, but people who are closest to you. Um, 
and, and in everything you do, it seems like you try to really integrate just in the basic information and let them decide on Israel. What is some, what are some points that when you talk to different groups about Israel that you want them to know? Well, you know, you know, when you're there, um, the one thing you do at some point is you ask the people that are living there, what can, what can I do? What can I do as an American Jew? What, what, what can yeah. I do? Uh, and they say, just come back yeah. and bring somebody else and continue to visit. And, um, and so that's kind of the message that I've received as much as, as, as much as anything. So um, that's what we do through my work at USIEA, US Israel Educational Association. We've taken uh, three trips now uh, of, of donors and friends to be able to help support that organization, uh, to be able to lobby Congress, to be able to pay for the Iron Dome, to be able to be involved in the Judea and Samaria Chamber of Commerce and 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 be involved with integrated business just so Palestinians and Israeli Arabs and Jews can live and work together in Judea and Samaria um, and 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 make that area the 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 envy of, of, of the world and as far as pros- peace through prosperity. Um, yes. And so that's what we've been doing. Now, as far as my players, you know, I we brought in a rabbi, we brought in a minister, we brought in a historian, we brought in some people from the Isra- Israel uh, Consul. We taught them a little bit about the history, dating all the way back, but honestly, it was based on the Bible. We simply went back to Scripture and... Yeah taught them who was there and and when they got there and what happened when the Babylonians came in and exiled the Jews and then they came back and then what happened 2,000 years ago when the Roman Empire came in and exiled them and just get them to understand, look, this is a disputed land. It is. Right. And, but there are a couple of things. One, it's right there in the Bible that God promised this land to the Jewish people. He promised it to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He, he promised it to Moses and Joshua. And, and so we are simply fulfilling God's wishes and commands by, by living in, in the land. And then when the kids go over there and they get off the plane, they talk to Israelis, here's what they see. They see people of color. They see diversity, how much they love the land, yeah. how much they love their country. And they're willing to see young Israelis, Jews and Arabs and Christians join the military. Yeah. To protect their country, the country they love. Look, right. I don't have to do a lot of programming. They get to go over there. They get to see it for themselves. And now, at some point, if they're equipped to be able to handle something that may be a lie about Israel or about the Jewish people, look, they've seen it for themselves. What they do with it from there is up to them. Yes, that is beautiful. And it, and it shows how important it is. Israel has around 4 million uh, tourists a year, and over 2.2 million of them are Christian. And this says so much in and of itself. One, that they would want to come to Israel instead of going somewhere else. Two, the lessons that they're getting from Israel are lessons that you, you don't go to any other country and see people from Yemen, from Russia, from Ethiopia, from Iraq, from Egypt, from all living together in the same community and not in their own bubbles. Um, 
everything that you hear about Israel, it's not uh, uh, surprising that when you come and see it firsthand, you realize what a lie it is. But to experience it for yourself just changes your perspective forever. Whether you're a political expert or not, you know the truth when you walk these grounds and see it. Coach Pearl, you are raising, not only raising many basketball players and influencing them in uh, so many beautiful ways, but you're also raising four children. What's it like raising four children who are now ready, young adults themselves, in this era that they're surrounded by so much disinformation, both on faith and on Israel? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a challenge, again, because, um, because of uh, uh, it's, been, it's, been, it's been 75 years uh, since the birth of the state of Israel, a little bit longer than that. Uh, you know, as far as our Holocaust is concerned, my children were all bar mitzvah. They all went to Hebrew school. Um, they all get it. They've got a very strong identity uh, as Jews, um, but probably don't go to synagogue as often as I'd like them to. Um, but they get it. I'm grateful for them. And we talk about it. We just we just talk about it all the time. We've got to we've got to equip, you know, our young people with the information, you know, with the story, both biblically. Um, and politically. And look, when young people hear the word civil rights or social injustice, uh, when they hear the stories about land being stolen from the Palestinians, when they hear from the river to the sea and things like that, I get, you know, why, um, you know, you, you want to help, look, you want to help those that are less fortunate. Um, and, you know, I think that, that in Israel, um, it's doing really well right now. Uh, the tech in, in Tel Aviv is incredible. Um, the agriculture is incredible. The work that Israel's doing to assist neighbors is incredible. The Abraham Accords has got an opportunity to really do something very, very special uh, between Arabs and Jews and Christians and Israel and its Arab neighbors. And if there are Arab neighbors that don't want to participate in good relations because they don't see it in their own best interest or they want the destruction of the state of Israel. That's that's part of the problem is the, the people that we're protecting ourselves against simply want us dead and they don't want us there. And that's that's terribly unfortunate, particularly their leadership. But most right now, the Middle East is pretty quiet compared to the rest of the world. And yeah. um, and, and I, I, I think this is going to give us the momentum um, again to continue to teach our children. Uh, that that Israel is 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 doing way way more good, and all she is doing is just protecting herself. That's all she's doing, and no more. Okay, my favorite new thing that I've learned about Coach Pearl is that everything that could be taken to a negative side is ended on a positive side. Is that everything you say that could be taken as negative, you just look at it through positive eyes. And I think that it's the truth and it's what needs to be spread in the world. That you could look at the negative, you could look at the positive. And if we choose to look at the positive, that's what we'll be able to see and inspire others in. So thank you, thank you for seeing the positive. Well, it's that's, uh, look, that's how I was raised. Um, and, um, you know, as you know, the, the, uh, we, we focus a great deal as Jews on how to live this life. And, and, and you know what, I remember that, you know, keeping the Sabbath, uh, being in prayer and doing the mitzvot, doing the good deeds, um, your organization, 
uh, the work that you guys have done, particularly for those that need it the most, is just an incredible blessing. Uh, we are just meeting now for the first time and getting to know one another. But I'm very, very honored and pleased to tell you that I have been a donor to your organization for the last seven or eight years. Um, and, and every year when I get a call to be able to do something around the high holidays or when there are different needs that arrive, nobody thanks me more genuinely than the people that are on the other end of your organization. They are generally make me feel like I'm doing something good and um, and I'm at your service. I, I am all in with what you're doing and just wanna ask God to bless you and bless uh, the organization and just keep up the incredible work. You can't do what you do without, without everybody doing a little bit and pitching in. So I wanna encourage those that are on the podcast to continue to support you as generously as they possibly can. Thank you so much, Coach Pearl. You have enabled so many Holocaust survivors to get food. And as the war in Ukraine broke out, to be able to evacuate them and bring them to Israel and helped orphans with the clothing that you are such an integral part of this organization and part of so many Jews and Christians who are standing together to choose good, to choose brotherhood, to choose life. So as my final question that I ask all of my guests um, on this podcast, most people have a go-to scripture or verse or idea from the Bible that really encourages them and gets them through the hard times. Would you share yours with us? Well, I mean, my, it's just, you know, the fact that when we sing the Shema and we have to close our eyes, just, just, um, because it is so holy and 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 the call out hero israel the lord is our god the lord is one shema yisrael adonai eloheinu adonai achad um the lord is one our same father god and so you know i'm i uh i'm gonna look, i'm gonna close on one more thing because i'm grateful to our christian friends uh yes. you know who stand with israel i'm grateful that the rest of the world were then able to share with my God that were grafted in because of Jesus. And I, I'd like our Christian friends to understand that wasn't easy, hasn't been easy on the Jewish people. I would ask my Jewish brothers and sisters to be glad that my our Christian friends are, are, are grafted into the same covenant. And I would ask our Christian friends, don't hate on us and our forefathers because they kept the word. And they kept the commandments as they understood them. We can both continue to respect each other's positions. And, and, and the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews is a, huge, is a huge way of us being able to work and serve together as one. Okay, I'm calling you from now on Rabbi Coach Pearl, because I want to hear more of your sermons and come to your synagogue for Rosh Hashanah. Coach Pearl, this has been one of the most inspiring conversations I have had. Thank you so much for blessing us all. I, I will look forward to the day when I get to hug on your neck and thank you for what you do. Yes, amen. I hope it's soon. I hope it's in Jerusalem. And best of luck with your upcoming season. Thank you so much for being with us today, Coach Pearl. It has been an amazing, incredible, inspiring conversation. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Conversations with Yael podcast. If you like what you have heard, please check out my weekly podcast, Nourish Your Biblical Roots, that explores the Jewish roots of the Christian faith with inspirational and ancient teachings. You can also visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. Follow me on Instagram at Yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at Yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next month.